0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of the Chris and Andre Show. As always, I'm glad that you guys have joined us. And um, I'm Andre. I'm Chris. And this is episode 27 You're probably catching up.
0: (laughs) You're getting there. Uh, I mean, you listened to our GOAT episode, a.k.a. Agenda plus Ego equals Entitlement, um, which I think was pretty good. Episode 24, the trailer for that dropped today. Uh, I'm going to use industry lingo since... Oh, right.
1: <laughs>
0: uh yeah, so you may have noticed that we started introducing trailers for our episodes. Um these are designed to be bite-sized uh snippets from our conversations to entice you to want more. Just like, you know, a commercial or a trailer for a movie.
1: All the morsels, all the morsels. It's been a it's been another crazy week, yeah. Uh
0: yeah, you know, they just keep getting crazier it seems.
1: Yeah, so uh there's a couple things that we're probably going to talk about. One cooking. If you haven't realized Chris and I both are on the plant-based lifestyle, um and we talk about food every now and then. I just want to give a little bit of love to some of the good food I've had. Um, well, actually, real talk, my wife made a baller sandwich yesterday. <laughs> it was like so baller.
0: <laughs> Go
1: ahead. It's all right. And it was, it was literally like lettuce, tomato, and cheese and a panini, <laughs> but it was so good. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is super. It's lame for me to say that, but. It was really, really super fantastic. So yeah, on the other
0: side of that, um, I guess it was two weeks ago, maybe or last week. um, Christy really wanted uh, like mashed potato mac and cheese bowls with like you know chicken nuggets and corn and all that stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so I was in charge of making the mashed potatoes. And prior to me becoming a vegan, mashed potatoes were absolutely something that I prided myself on. Like I had. This really great mashed potato recipe. I've struggled to replicate it thus far because it relied pretty heavily on sour cream and cream cheese. And the cream cheese part, I've been able to find a good replacement for. It's the the sour cream. I have yet to really find a store-bought sour cream that I like. And so... I don't know. Every time... There it is. See, I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <touchy. laughs> so I All right.
1: Real life, things happen. My wife just came home and she wanted to say what's up. And
0: Rightfully so. And, uh, He's a yeah. handsome man, for those of you oh, that, that don't have the pleasure of seeing him through the video screen.
1: Whatever. Next.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs>
1: We're, we're talking about oh. potatoes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye. Bye. I love you. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I was in charge of the mashed potatoes and I blew it big time. Um, so it, it's, it's a rather complicated story, but I'll try to dumb it down and just or simplify it as much as I can. I had gotten really into smoked paprika as a seasoning for pretty much everything, like if I was cooking, because right. it's that nice little smoky flavor, especially when you're cooking stuff that doesn't have meat in it, because meat kind of naturally develops that smoky flavor when you cook it. It's right. a nice little alternative. Well, isn't that
1: called umami or some crap like that? Umami, yeah. yeah. Umami,
0: the, that that flavor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's okay. kind of like an earthiness and a and a charred, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had run out of this the regular plain smoked paprika that I had. And so naturally I went on Amazon uh, because I don't go to grocery stores if I don't have to. And I was just looking to see like, well, what kind of cool smoked paprika can I find on here? Also because I'd been having a hard time finding it at like my Harris Teeter and whatnot. And I found this one that was bourbon smoked paprika. And so they take it and it's like bourbon barrels and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I like bourbon and I like smoked paprika. So this sounds like the best of both things. But you know, like, too much of a good thing is too much yeah and that's basically what this was it was like the smallest quarter teaspoon could literally destroy an entire batch of mashed potatoes because it just and i don't know why because i'd made the mistake was it overpowering yeah it just and it just has this like because it what it really does is it 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 tastes a lot like bacon like like but not in the natural bacon way. It tastes a lot like artificial bacon, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You know, like, like faking bacon, not even faking bacon, but just like fake, like pretend bacon, like bacon bits almost.
1: You taste like the extra flavors they put into it to give you that. Yeah, all
0: of the, all of the different stuff that they mix together in order to make that. And it, and then, you know, it was nothing against that. It just wasn't, I realized over time that that was just not for our flavor palette. And so I ended up, chucking that and got some, when I went to Sprouts the other day, I got some regular uh, smoked paprika and some plain paprika, so my potato salad will be delicious.
1: Yeah, like I've been, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. Like, I find myself not wanting even meat substitutes now anymore. I went to, and you're going to have to correct me, the Burger Spot and Cary. Uh, Burger Spot. BurgerFi off of Pia's. Oh no
0: no no, Burger 21.
1: Burger 21. Yep. So I went there no disrespect to Burger 21. Fries were dope, everything was good except for the fact that my patty on my Beyond burger was kind of dry. So I I get the the impulse to cook it like beef. It's not beef, yo. <laughs> like <laughs> you're messing with me. I you know, I just want to have a burger and I like veggie burgers, but I also like the you know beyond. I, I love Impossible burgers. That's my go-to. Yep. But do it right. Like just just for the record, do it right. Yeah. Um,
0: it's uh, it's tricky, you know. I, I have had generally good experience with Burger Twenty-One when I've ordered um, for delivery. I. I don't, I can't remember the last time that I ate in restaurant there, but I certainly wasn't ordering an Impossible Burger at the time. Um, But yeah, you know, I think, like you said, that's that you have people cooking it that aren't used to cooking it, right? And so the tendency is, well, I better, I want to make sure it's cooked through, but ultimately, especially with, you know, plant-based stuff, it doesn't need to be because there's nothing, there's no, not really that chance of bacteria growth like you have with meat. And right. so it's more about you want it heated through, but beyond that, it doesn't need to be to like, be yeah, to be cooked. Exactly. <laughs> <You're not> trying <laughs> to reach a certain internal temperature. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's been interesting. The more experience I have kind of eating out and we had been in a, in a rut, I think of cooking for a while there. And I think you and I talked about this a few episodes back where you just kind of like, you get, especially with the quarantine and everything, it's like, you just get tired of cooking, you know, it's like, it's so you've been home all day. And it's like, the last thing I want to do is stand in front of the kitchen in front of the oven for an hour or an hour and a half trying to make something or even better, like making the decision of what it is that I'm going to cook and seeing, do I even have the things to make this? Um, but so we had gotten re- really bad about ordering out and using Postmates and DoorDash and, you know, services like that for delivery. When
1: Cause you're balling out, bro.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I like, it's no I'm more like putting myself in the poorhouse, uh, bro. <laughs> uh, and so realizing that um, me and Christy were kind of sitting there. And I shouldn't even say that. I had the, the idea two days ago. She apparently had it weeks ago, but brought it to life uh, yesterday to create a menu board for our kitchen. And so what it essentially has is little um, clothespins marked Monday through Sunday. And she has one for lunch and one for dinner. And then she has little cards with different meals that we can cook. And so basically on Sunday, we sit there and pick out, okay, this is what we'll do for lunch. This is what we'll do for dinner. And then we put together our grocery list based on that so that we make sure we have all the things that we're going to need to cook those things. And the nice thing, I mean, I'll be honest, this is day two of this. We had Monday and uh, today. And so far, the nice thing is you don't think about what it is that you're going to eat. You've already done that part. You know, it's like similar to when I when I used to work in an office, I would always pick out my clothes the night before I went to bed. Were you four four years old? No, but in the morning... (laughs) It just—it was one less thing I had to think about. Uncaffeinated.
1: That's fair. That's you know, fair.
0: like I—I I could wake up, I could take a shower. My clothes were already there, so boom, put them on, go downstairs, get my coffee. Like it just—it I, I found that I was better, much better at making those decisions when I'm getting ready to go to bed than I was after waking up. And so, ger animals. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. I mean, I'd
1: be, I mean, like jeans and a t-shirt. Like I have. Well, yeah, but
0: uh, you know, like I.
1: Granimals.
0: I don't know. There was something when I worked in an office. I, I definitely felt. I mean, and especially once I became a man. Well, it was a it was a combination of things because it was when I was managing people. And then we had a certain group that came in at one point, and generally looked at everybody as like, "Why aren't you wearing dress pants and a button-up shirt?" You know, I like, mean, I,
1: I wore Malcolm X shirts. And, well, uh, I know, and <laughs> Marcus Garvey shirts. Uh,
0: I mean, and I used to wear like funny shirts or just like t-shirts and shorts and stuff like that. And I would still wear shorts because I think it's absolutely ridiculous to not be able to wear shorts in the summer uh, in North Carolina. I'm sorry.
1: WPS. WPS.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Okay. Did <laughs> <laughs> you, you watch that felt. show, by the way?
1: No, I need to watch that show. Okay. I need to watch that show. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. go ahead i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna get off your clothes your your clothing habits i and I, i i get it i um you know like we're trying to um revitalize like how we cook and you're right you know i want potato salad and i have to get vegan mayonnaise and i eat a lot of vegan cheese vegan cheese is kind of not like traditional cheese in price
0: No, it's not. And I mean, it's, I'll be honest, it's not like traditional cheese in a lot of ways. Um, (laughs) Another funny story. So my dad came up uh, from the beach last week to help me with a massive home improvement project, which we want to, which I want to talk about in detail later. (laughs) Okay. Because we we also have other elements to discuss. Talk about it. Yeah. Because I, yeah. Okay. And um, while he was here the second night, that he ended up being here. He was like, well, what do you guys want to do for dinner? And I was like, I don't know. He was like, what do you think about pizza? And I was like, yeah, that'd be good. He was like, we can order for mellow. Because I love their their veggie. They, they do a really good job of making sure that it's vegan. That's one of the the yeah. key things there. So normally, and this is becoming pretty much a hard, fast rule in the house. I'm no longer allowed to order things. Because I Eventually. inevitably do one of two things. I mess up the the regular order. In right. some way, shape, or form, or if we're ordering from somewhere new, I pick the worst possible things on the menu to order, and then get them and don't want them or don't like them. And then uh, Chrissy, whatever Chrissy has, I'm always like, "Oh, that looks really good," and she's like, "Yeah, it is." And I would have told, I told you that this is what you should have got. <laughs> so in general, I just try to leave it to her. So, anyways, I was trying to like just you know. I'm going to do the thing and I'm going to order the pizza and everything. And I was having trouble with the app for mellow mushroom because I was doing it for pickup because I don't trust them for delivery. If you send the freaking Postmates or DoorDash person over there to get the pizza, good luck because I have waited two hours for them to deliver pizza from there before. I mean, not happily, but I'm just saying like it took them two hours for them to deliver my freaking pizza from there. So anyways, Long story short, kept having issues with, well, not really. This story's taking forever, but uh, <laughs> I kept having issues trying to edit the things. Like, I would forget to remove something that I needed to remove because Christy doesn't like black olives and I don't like mushrooms. And so I kept having to delete the pizza. And so finally, I get the, everything right and I look at it. I'm like, all right, that looks good. And I put the order in and I go to pick it up. And I didn't even look at it when I was at the store because why would you? And then I come home and we open it up and Christy's like, there's no cheese. And I'm like, I know. I know for a fact that I put vegan cheese on there. I'm going to pull up the order right now because I am so sure, 100%. Nope. No vegan cheese. Yeah, I took the, off the, the mozzarella.
1: Of the minute you can actually like, tell yourself that you've actually done something. Yeah, you know you didn't. You didn't do it. <laughs> like, if you have to convince yourself you did a thing. You didn't do the thing. So fortunately,
0: I had some Daya shredded mozzarella. And so I sprinkled some of that on and threw it back in the oven and it melted OK. I mean, it certainly wasn't mellow style. Um, it the other thing too. was when I was at Sprouts getting my paprika, uh, I found I always go through their frozen section because they always have some interesting veggie stuff. Chloe Brands, which I think is currently in the process of rebranding as clo which I'm not as big a fan of. But they have cauliflower crust pizzas, frozen ones. That, that,
1: that sounds super dope. Yeah.
0: So the pizzas are pretty good. They, do, they have their own cheese that they'll do. I did, was not a fan of their pepperoni. I did not think it was very good. Like it just had kind of a funky taste. What they also have is just the, the pizza crusts that are frozen that you can get by themselves, which That's I was good. super excited about because I love making pizzas at home with like roasted right. veggies and stuff. But crust is one of the things that I'm always like. I'll get the pre-made dough from public sometimes or whatever, but it never works out the way that I want it to. I tried making dough at home once; that didn't work out the way. (laughs) I'll
1: tell you this: like I have a a set of two thousand dollar pans and pots, and um, I can do my own dough. It's freaking amazing. Good for you. Yeah. How much the pots and
0: pans cost? Two thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, so they, they better do that job right, you know. Um, How do anyway. your
0: pots and pans make dough? That's what I don't understand, though. So
1: I have a uh, a skillet where it's a, it's probably like a ten inch pizza.
0: Okay. Oh, but so you, you do got... the pizza in the skillet, is what you're saying? That's yeah. So, but where do you get the dough? Where Where you buy any dough from any grocery? Okay, so you, so you're getting the the pre made dough, and then. You're throwing it in your skillet and kind of, you know, scooching it out to the sides, putting your sauce and your cheese and everything. And then you go, okay. Is it a cast iron skillet?
1: No. Okay. It's stainless steel. Interesting. And like, we'll never get rid of these pots and pans because they're like freaking 2K. I mean, understandably so. (laughs) So I'm like super invested.
0: Around the house.
1: All right. Tell me about your pops. Um, hey, first, of all, first of all, like shout out to Bob, my dude, <laughs> you're my guy now. So yeah. I love you, man. Yeah. You guys anyway. haven't
0: had the pleasure yet, but you will soon um, of hearing our first guest interview. Um, we had guests previously. Cause I know that I think Christian stopped by on one episode and obviously yeah. my daughter has interrupted numerous times. Um and now we just, had, I was going to say yeah. we had tetchy. Um And so last, not last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, some amount of time previously uh, <laughs> when I was down at the beach for the 4th of July week, my dad joined us. Uh, Bob Smith uh, joined us on the podcast to just kind of share some of his opinions on things that we talk about because he had given us some feedback on uh you know some of our episodes and he's been a big fan and a big supporter of ours from the get go and so I uh, felt like a good person to have on as our first official interviewer not to mention the fact that Bob comes from a different generation than both of us and has seen some stuff that neither of us went through and um you know it's always interesting to learn somebody else's perspective and so uh anyways you'll have the pleasure of enjoying that episode and with the interview tomorrow um but Yeah, so I have been living in the same house for 17 years as of this coming August, next month. Um, And ever since the day that I moved... Thank you. Ever since the day that I moved into this house, my dad has had one project in mind. And one project, not only one project, because my dad has a bazillion projects. But the very first one was to cut back a row of about 30 Fotinia bushes that the previous owner had planted as to build. To Great. Free.
1: Yeah. So let's pretend like everybody is not as uh, up in their uh, botanical families as you are. Sure. And can you, so, can you describe that bush?
0: Yeah. So you know it's, what type of hell that is? It, it is a woody bush uh, with a... I don't know, like probably a three inch leaf. Uh, it's a red fotinia bush or set, uh, the ones that we have are red photinia bushes. So in the fall, I think they turn like a very pretty red. Uh, otherwise, they're green during the spring and the summer. Um, in general, they are wonderful for creating privacy hedges and stuff like that or privacy screens, windscreens, because they grow very thick and dense uh, leaves where the leaves have access to sun. The trick with photinia bushes is that they grow very quickly. And if you don't keep them trimmed back, they can get overgrown and out of control very easily. Uh, like in about, uh, I don't know, six months time. Uh, yeah. Or I mean, a couple of years, right? Like if you don't, if you spent, if you skipped one year, seven, you'd probably be okay. Right. Or 17 years. Right. 17 yeah. years is a little long to wait to trim back the photinia bushes. And so, Finally, we decided that it had been long enough. Um, I mean, it's, it, I know the problems that it has created for me already. First of all, it's no longer a privacy bush because the bottom of these trees are now bare. Because it's just just the stalks because no light gets down there. Because the top of these trees are 35 feet tall. Uh, that's right. 35 foot tall fotinia bushes. Uh, they grew would grow over so far that they would, like... I mean, it's a probably a 12-foot span on the that side of the driveway to the house. And they would grow over far enough to touch the house. And so I would routinely go back and trim those off to try and keep some level of... But it, bugs, spiders, everything just loved that whole side of the yard. Literally, like, sunlight could not see that side of the yard at any point during the day. And so, right. finally... We rented a pole saw, uh, so a chainsaw on a pole, for those of you that don't know, and cut them back to about 10 to 12 feet in most most areas, along with a large uh, cherry blossom tree that I have out in the front that had two huge limbs that were hanging over the the driveway that were like maybe 10 feet off the ground. So you couldn't get anything significantly like big through the driveway, which was a pain. Um, it completely changed the structure of the house like the whole way that everything looks from the front, you know, like you can actually see the house now. Like I said, sun is getting in on the side that has never had sun on it. Not in the 17 years that I lived here. My neighbor came out at one point and was like, you really did a number on these. And I was like, yeah, well I had to do it at some point. And he was like, I just hope they survive. And I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I say this to get to a point that, I was supposed to record a podcast episode with Andre last week. Um, Last a a week ago today was my birthday, my 36th birthday. And so I had plans. And so we pushed back the episode we were supposed to do at Wednesday. Well, Wednesday, my dad came up. I thought we were going to do a little bit of yard work and then kind of call it quits. We ended up doing way more than I thought. Um, And we're still knee deep in it when we were Andre and I were supposed to start recording. And so I... Texted Andre and said, hey, let's push it to tomorrow. And he was like, yeah, no problem. So then the next day comes, and I forget that we didn't record on Tuesday or Wednesday because I didn't update my calendar, which I should have. It's really my calendar's fault, if we want to blame anybody here. No, it's, but, per, it's still your fault. But okay. <laughs> but yeah, so 5.15 comes. I have no idea what time it is. I'm sitting out front, just cracked open a Modelo with my dad, and... Andre calls and he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't end up recording until Friday uh, afternoon. Um, And as usual, Andre gave me the correct amount, the proper amount of shit um, (laughs) for me completely and utterly dropping the ball. Uh, And then I loved, like, at the end of our conversation, you know, he was saying something like, I love you, brother. I don't mean to give you too much shit. And I said, no, you're absolutely right to do it because, you know, I'm not editing episodes and we're not recording. And he goes, motherfucker, like, I wasn't even going to say anything. But, God damn it, you're right. You aren't doing either of those things. So, like, for real, dude, get on your shit. I was like, yeah, I should. So, um, but as I think we have talked about many times, life pops up. And this week has been uh, a bit of a struggle, just in, the, in a lot of ways. I mean, I'll be honest, this is one of the most stressful weekends I've had in a long time, it's just because my kid was sick. Like, she's got something. They don't think it's COVID. They don't think it's strep. Um, the doctor thinks that this cough sounds like it's just like a croup-like virus, but... Um, it's like her cough won't go away, and I don't know. It just was super stressful all weekend, and then this week, it just, things just continued to get away from me, and so it's, you know, I'm, I'm not the most organized person. Um, that's why I tend to gravitate towards people like Andre uh, and my girlfriend, Christy, because they are very well-organized people that help me to kind of keep my life on track, Uh, Or inspire me to get my shit together every so often, which I don't know. I mean, just
1: look at you, like you're like, yeah, you suck, dude. (laughs) Like right now, you suck.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I need every so often. I need somebody to look at me and just tell me that I suck. Like, if I don't have that, then I don't. That's that's my guardrail. Like, I'll let myself go off the go off the the cliff here. Yeah, try harder, right? But it's all it's all good. Like, um, you know.
1: And again, we do this, we actually record our conversations, not because we get paid to do so, but because we enjoy, God, enjoy be nice. doing it. yeah. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> actually, I wonder, I mean, like, you know, it's funny. You sent me Andre and I send each other stuff all the time, uh, back and forth. And most of it is news. Uh, that's like, oh my God, can you believe this crazy shit that's going on? Or, Hey, I really want to talk about this on the next episode. Um, recently I was flipping or scrolling through my Google news feed and I see from Andre Powell and it's the 10 commandments of podcasting. And I was like, this son of a bitch, who does he think he is? Not really, but, um,
1: Okay, so if we go there, it's about like like Commandment
0: number eight:
1: be consistent. I
0: didn't make it that far. (laughs) (laughs) No, but one of the first ones was uh, don't do it for the money. Yeah, And and I mean, it talked about honestly, like you know, the majority of podcasters don't get paid, and it ends up costing you money because you invest in equipment and stuff like that, and. You know we're, uh, you know, paying for our subscriptions to services to host and uh, for our website stuff and all that other stuff. But you know, it's I mean, it's no different than any other hobby in that way, right? Like, I spend less on this right now I think than I have on my Xbox Three or my Xbox One that sits completely unused at the moment. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: I still play Madden. Yeah, so. I know, and
0: it's on my list of things to do, but I can't really... I Again, I keep getting bogged down with podcast episodes, and then I can't play Madden because I feel guilty. And I'm like, if he sees me on here, he's going to be like, yeah, let's play a game right after you finish editing all the episodes you owe me, motherfucker. <laughs> no, you'd still play me because you'd want to kick my ass. Just yeah, but like yeah.
1: Right, like, yeah, and you lost. Uh, no, but it's... um we really try to just have fun doing what we do
0: um it's time for politics
1: so i like speaking of that i actually sent chris a uh, a link to the revolt uh, I, I guess panel that yeah. happened in september of 2019 um like one of my sons sent me a link to this, and I, it was a clip, and I was like, "Yo, that's dope." Example being Killer Mike. Um, I don't agree with everything Killer Mike says, but I rock with him. Like I agree on certain policies, right? And um, I watched the whole thing. So, like, I, I was laying in bed on, I guess it had to be Sunday. And my wife is showing me a clip from this like uh, like revolt panel. It was like five minutes long. And, and the the person it was like T.I. versus Candace Owens or Candace Owen. And I was like, yeah, I don't rock with her like that. But then I felt a little bit guilty. I'm like, yeah, what, what is her stance on blah? And I came to a few re- realizations. Black people are not a monolith. Like th- that was number one, and um, we are seeing a lot of the same things. It's just how we get to the end goal. And I shared it with Chris, and you know, uh, what do you what did you think about what you were able to like?
0: <laughs> I literally. All right, so. Andre and I chatted, uh, right around three, I think from like three, three thirty ish. And he was like, I really want to talk about this. And I was like, all right, I got an hour and a half. He's like, all right, it's an hour and 18 minutes. I was like, cool. So then I went to go check on my kid. Then I remembered that I need to go to the store. Then I ran to the store. Then I put it on in the car when I was coming back from the store to listen to it. And I got through, I think I got through, well, I got through the killer Mike introduction. So all of, like, five minutes, if that. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I heard I heard what Candace Owens had to say at the beginning, and I heard what Killer Mike had to say at the beginning to kind of sum up their points around what was the biggest issue facing black Americans in this upcoming election. Um, I thought, not having heard anything else that she had to say, I thought at first Candace Owens sounded like a crazy nutbag. Or <laughs> okay. I shouldn't even say crazy nutbag. That's not fair. She sounded like like uh a kid, right? Well, like a 70s era McCarthyanism person. Like you know this this anti socialism and not because I am a socialist, but just this weird, like I, I don't know. I thought I thought her focus on We've heard the term socialism thrown around a lot and and that sort of thing. But then I thought she kind of closed on some really good points. That's fair. Uh, vis-a-vis like cause if I'm not mistaken, she talked about basically like black people not relying on or was it Killer Mike that was talking about relying not relying on the people that hate us. To support yeah. us, okay, I'm I was, sorry. I'm mix it, mixing it up because I watched it for like ten seconds, and then I got home and I had to go deal with my kid being my kid. And...
1: Okay, so I'll I'll give you this. So I I do think that the issue with uh, Candace Owens is that she's well, she's thirty two, thirty three. Who is she, by the way? I know that name, but uh, she went to University of Connecticut, and she is was she, she a... dropped out. WNBA, no, she's just a cons- like somebody that the GOP said, oh, we got one.
0: Oh, uh, like, okay, yep, 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 yep. yep. That's yeah. Great. She's
1: nobody like uh, of any accomplishments. Like, <laughs>
0: so there's no reason anybody should listen to her. <laughs>
1: and I'm, I'm trying to frame that the right way, but it's like, yo, you just you kind of got like picked out of the out, out of the squad, right? Um. I think what she says has some merit. She, she made a lot of points where there's merit to it. And she's 31-ish, give or take. She's kind of smart, but she sipped the Kool-Aid of like the GOP.
0: There was yeah. – no, and now I remember what it was that she said at the end of her thing was it was talking about she was tired of the Democratic Party Trumping – bringing up the same issues every four years for election time and then not actually doing anything about it and using it just as a way to get the minority vote and the black vote. And I thought that there is a whole lot of truth to that element of it. But, yeah, like the – I don't know. She's, she's awful cozy with the Trump party <laughs> –
1: yeah, and if, if, I'm
0: honest, if I'm being honest, like super honest,
1: like I'll go from one extreme to the other, right? Killer Mike and Candace Owens. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I don't really care about your politics. I, and and I've said that time and time again. Let's just focus on the policy. And I, for me, it's like, yo, yeah, it Shorty, you you totally went on, you sip the Kool-Aid, you grab the glass, you put some ice cubes in that joint, and they got you. Do I disagree with what she's saying? Not most of it, like 80% of it. I'm good.
0: I, I mean, what I always wonder with that is it's like, how much does she actually agree with what she's saying?
1: She's again, she's 31. No kids. But, but, um, but I think. No, but hear me out. Hear yeah, sorry, me out. go ahead. She's 31. No kids. And she sees it from the point of her. She's a first generation immigrant. I think her uh, grandfather is from uh, the islands. um. So her perspective is what she's seen. You know, my grandparents were able to like send me to, send me to college in like Connecticut and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Her, her journey as a black person is super different from my journey as a black person. And I have to respect that. It's like, yo, I can, I can see if I'm first generation immigrant and my my grandparents are like from you know from the islands that means they're probably legit from africa to this spot to the states that's that's a pretty good perspective
0: but didn't she also talk a bunch of shit about immigrants in that opening statement yeah,
1: her her opening statement is the us versus them statement
0: well right it was that basically by allowing immigrants to come in from South America and Central America, it was diminishing the power of black vote. Yo,
1: I don't give it like you know. I I don't care about us versus them. I know. Right? I just
0: but that's a, that's a, that's what I'm saying. Like as an immigrant,
1: you sip the Kool Aid, bro. Right. That, that's my point. It's yeah. like okay, yeah. You're 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 gonna go down that that lonely road where it's like you're gonna be us versus them, and it's like them figure out a way to like do better. But I still just,
0: I I don't understand how you logic that out. You know, like, those are the people where I'm just, I have such a hard time where when being presented with that argument of, you know, you're only here because of immigration. Why would, on earth, would you have a problem with other people wanting to come here? And then they, you know, it's like, well, because it's different. You know, like, I'm different. My family's different. We're doing blah, 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 blah. Or we did X and YZ. And it's like, but you don't know that you're different. Like you have no proof that your your success story, if you want to call it that, is any different than what somebody else's could be that comes from another country. Like you're not wrong. I know. I'm not I'm not (laughs) arguing to you. I'm already on my second beer, so I start getting a little (laughs) impassioned. My my point is the us versus them argument, somebody always loses,
1: right? You can't you can't carry that across the finish line. Yeah. And she sipped the Kool-Aid on that shit. And it's like, yo, I hear you, but I don't hear you. Like, if you bought that, you bought the fact that uh, we have to circle up and get our wagons together against this group of people, we don't win, right? Because now we're we're infighting. We're infighting against a a group of people that already have the cards on the table. We're just getting the hand dealt to us. And that's where it's like, yo, I hear, but... She's 31. Like, I, I'm willing to bet money. Like, I'll put a quarter on it. Her perspective changes when she has kids. Like, and most people, because I was a super idealistic person when I was younger. When I had kids, my, my ideology changed. I was like, yeah, I don't believe that anymore. Huh. Because now I'm responsible for somebody. So, I, I, I don't want to crap on her. But I'll just tell you like, you know, okay. Unfiltered. I am who I am. I'm gonna put some pepper on my food. This d- don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and just say like, yo, she doesn't know what she's talking about. It's like yo, Ma, I hear you, but you're seeing it through a lens that's like super Narrowly focused on things that are not important. I'm not going to beef with like Hispanics. I'm not going to. I'm. I'm never going to beef with a, like a, like my my people from like different countries. Most of them from South America, about, you know, racial injustice. That's stupid. It's just like yo. At the end, of because I know Dominicans. I I know Dominicans. I've seen Dominicans that are darker than I am. And if, if the cops rolled up.
0: Right. Well, they don't give a fuck where you're from. Yeah. It's just like.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, poppy. <laughs> no, there's none of that. It's like, you know, I got like six black guys and that's a conversation. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to put some pepper in my food. We're all just a bunch of them. They don't give a shit. So I, I thought that, you know, like, you know, shout out to my sons, my two youngest sons that were like, you got to watch this. I'm like, Okay they send me clips i never like dug into you know below that layer but just this week i'm like let me watch this whole thing let me see what was actually happening and i do believe democrats and republicans they play on our inability to like figure out what we're all saying we're all probably we actually and i, I do believe we're all saying the same thing we just lose our message in between the lines so imagine a big picture, right? It's black and white. You have to color and make it all look a certain way. We lose our message when we start to look at just the lines of the canvas. And I believe Can, you know, uh, Candace Owens, you know, Shorty drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I don't think she's wrong about a lot of stuff. It's so it's no different than Killer Mike, you know, rehashing stuff that Farrakhan said. And I'm, you know, Cube, if you're listening, I got no beef with money like that, but I don't rock with him like that. I think the milit- you know, a militant approach to how we make changes in this country, that's what got Malcolm X killed. That's what got Marcus Garvey killed. And if I'm being honest, and Cube, like, I'd love to talk to you about it. If you're listening, if you ever hear this, I think Farrakhan has something to do with that. And that's why I don't rock with Farrakhan. It's like, yeah, yo, you're going to get people that are helping us to see a different light killed. I'm good. Hard pass. Yeah.
0: There's
1: a, there's a lot of stuff they brought up in that whole uh, thing, you know, whether it's immigration, economic, economic development, they, you know, they really touched on, you know, what's the root cause of uh, gentrification. A lot of that is opportunity zones, or some people may call them promise zones or, Whatever you want to call it, you give a tax shelter to people to go in and demolish a neighborhood. Yeah,
0: get out of here. Yeah.
1: Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, I will say this. Here's my disclaimer. I'm a blue blooded American boy. I am a Christian, but today your boy's about to put some some pepper on his food. (laughs) (laughs) So. I may use some words that you may not like. Yo, he's a Christian? Yeah, I totally am. But I'm I will today put some pepper on my food and so I can eat it, right? I know that some people may like to put raisins in their potato salad. <laughs> Please, I'm not messing with that. <laughs> Please do not put raisins in my potato salad.
0: What about paprika? Oh, devil
1: You know, you know that's not what's up, right? So this is one of those things where it's like, I'ma peel it back a little bit and you know, Chris and I have talked before. You know, we'll talk when we used to work together, my the words I used to describe how I was feeling didn't sound like Andre inside the building. Sure. And I would have I would have to tell him like yeah. It's time for a little bit of seasoning on my words. So <laughs> buckle up. That's all that's all I can tell you. You know. We <laughs> we talk about white supremacy in this country and, and people are defending uh the president. And and like I I said before, I am totally not trying to um I don't want to, I don't want to give money too much credit. But he can suck a dick. Like Donald Trump can suck
0: a dick. <laughs> like I don't straight up that's giving him too much credit. I I'm pretty sure he's capable of that feat.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying. I so I'm, I'm going to pull back. I'm going to pull all the layers back and we're just going to have a good old conversation. When we talk about white supremacy and I've, you know, I I don't hit it with kid gloves. I just think that you know, watching the news, watching what's happening around us. At what point don't we say we have to decide between what's right and what's wrong? Yeah. And that's where I'm stuck on. It's like, hey, you can totally rock with Donald Trump all you want. I, I, I don't necessarily care, but is what he's do- is what he's doing or what he's saying is that right? Help me understand that.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, you would hope that most people would have a good understanding of the difference between right and wrong. But I think that's something that we're kind of finding out more and more every day is that there's a lot of people in this country that don't understand the difference between what is objectionably right and what is objectionably wrong. It's
1: not an objectionable. It's like there's a third of the country that's going to vote for, like, vote for the Republicans, right? And as I said before, my beef is with people that say they're quote-unquote Christians, okay? So what I really want to do, if, if it's me being honest, I care about, and I'm just wanting to, wanting to understand the third, within that third, the two-thirds, the third that's like saying, Oh, I'm a Christian, yeah, we can have this, I can meet you outside. We can talk about this all day. The other two thirds of that group, help me understand why that's why that's a thing. Yeah. And every every poll that comes out, and I've been tracking uh like a lot of the polls at uh, fifty eight thirty seven Avenue, whatever, are the crap whatever the crap that website is, I don't Five, remember. Uh, 538.
0: Five thirty eight. Five
1: yeah. thirty eight. <laughs> It's like a block that sells crack. I don't know. But my point being, it's like every poll is like, your boy's down. Your boy's down on things that he thinks he's strong on.
0: Yeah, that he had been tracking very high on previous to that. You know, previous to the, to really to the coronavirus. And I had an interesting conversation with my neighbor the other day um, where he seemed to indicate that he felt very strongly that Trump, Donald Trump is essentially right—that the coronavirus at this point is nothing more than a big hoax perpetrated by the Democrats to make everything seem worse, so that they can keep everything locked down to hurt the economy, so that it hampers his chances for re-election in November.
1: And please tell me. You, t- you please tell me you pressed
0: him on that. I mean, I have to live next to the guy. And no, part no. of me is convinced that he's a serial killer. Okay. All right, yeah. So <laughs> it's not really the guy that you kind of like... <laughs> I mean, like... I mean... I just kind of said, okay, cool, bye. <laughs> but, alright.
1: No, what basis, I mean... It, what basis got an argument, though?
0: Well, so he said something about you know it's all this craziness going on you know with with this virus and everything you know and we all know that it's all going to go away as soon as november's over you know that the mass oh. marauders and everybody is are all going to go away the moment that november you know comes and goes because oh. this is i yeah i don't know i mean there's there's people that believe that that believed early on that there was no well, coronavirus. You that... know I love you brother. Right? Yeah, of course. Life.
1: But that's why you're white. <laughs> Cause I was like, my dude. Well, yeah, really tell me wh- how that's a thing.
0: I mean, how- if that's the definition of whiteness, then I'm about as white as they come because I mean, I am a, Oh, uh, is this going to ruffle your feathers? Allow me to contort myself into some other (laughs) no i mean like within reason like i i don't know i generally i i like i'm a people pleaser like that is just the type of personality that i generally i like to make people happy i like things are easier when people are happy and not always for me, but <laughs> yeah. But you see my point, though, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's no, like- it doesn't. And I've learned that you know, as as I've gotten older, that that is not that's not a tactic that ultimately leads to meaningful relationships or positive outcomes. Because you, I mean, not even you. I couldn't be honest with people, people that I cared and that I loved very deeply, because. I was so worried what they were going to think or how they might react to the honest, the honesty that I felt like I, you know, that I needed to share to the point where I would hide it. And that's a terrible way to live your life. Yeah. it's For it's anybody else help. out there that might be thinking about pursuing that line of living. I
1: don't know why. And you know, I love you. So I'm not saying this to be a jerk, but you know, when I got let go from a quote unquote progressive, inclusive company, I told my neighbors, you know, because if I'm being honest, I was kind of pissed at white people. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, white people—they uh, really, they really don't care about your boy. I can work as hard, I can work harder, blah blah blah, whatever it may be. And but I, I live, I live next to my, I live next to my neighbors, and it's like, yeah, you know, this is how I'm feeling, right? I don't want to be like, you know, the, the black guy, you know, a couple spots over. He might like blow up one day. No, I don't want to be that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so I say those things out loud, like, you know, not like Donald where he's like, Oh, maybe you can, you know, what were you saying? You know, put some light in people and under the skin, maybe inject the light in their body. They can, you know, drink disinfectant, you know, cause it needs a cleansing. I'm not that guy, but, I'm honest because like, you know, these are the people that I live next to. These are people I smoke a cigar with every now and then or drink drink a glass of rum or whatever.
0: Well see, and that's and, another area where I think you and I differ because as much of a people pleaser and general social person that I am, I don't have really much of anything in common with any of my neighbors. Um, I mean, so to to provide a little bit of background, I moved into this house when I was 19 years old with four of my college buddies and I live in the whitest white bread town of North Carolina and possibly the entire United States. <laughs> um, and I live in a, in an older neighborhood that was built in the seventies. And so all of my neighbors are older. They are all probably in their 80s. You know, My neighbor that I was just speaking to is probably more in his like early 60s, maybe late 50s. But they're all older folks. And so, I mean, from the moment that I moved in, they looked at us as like, Jesus, this is what we get to deal with for the next three years. And then when I didn't leave, are you You're kidding still- me? Yeah. And then, like, I had it. A- I got married and I had a kid and they were like, Oh, he's settling down with a family. And so then they kind of started to, but it was already like the, the, the lines had already kind of been drawn, you know, like,
1: that, and that's fair, bro. But I, I'm not, I'm not saying like,
0: you, don't, no, you I have know, I know I'm just explaining my, you know,
1: you don't have to justify that. It's just yes a matter do. of like, you
0: put me on the spot.
1: <laughs> my point being is like, yo, there's, there are times where you have to speak up, you know, and you, The the reason we are where we are is because people don't have those conversations. The reason we are where we are is because people feel uncomfortable. The reason we are where we are is because people, you know, the shortcut is to limit the conversations, keep everybody comfortable. But for shit's sake, like, you can't look at me as a black man and be like, yeah, I wonder if you can, like, hotwire my car. Well, the fact of the matter is I can't, (laughs) you know, like – I've been many things in my life. i never a thief, you know? I can go grab the motherfucker that stole your shit and, like, we can <laughs> handle that. <laughs> but I'm not going to be like, yeah, let me hotwire that joint. Again, I'm just putting some pepper on my food. So I'm going to eat. And I, I just want, you know, it, it's, it's a cowardice not saying you. Like, cowardice is... Is not confronting, not challenging, not standing up to the difference of right and wrong, and that's why we struggle right now. You know, um, you know. I had a conversation recently where the reality was my only conclusion. If you follow all the things that have happened since March or late February to their logical conclusion, why are we at? Why are we where we are right now? It's because millions of people around the world literally watched two people die in front of their eyes multiple times. That's how I look at it, you know? It's like, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me, like what changed or what shifted your position about fill in the blank. I can probably boil that back down to the fact that you know you watched somebody die in front of your eyes. Whether it was Ahmaud Aubrey or whether it was George Floyd. And because you have to actually see it, and it's a reality now. You know, I was told many times in business, perception is ninety, you know, 99% reality for most people. Well, shit, you can't deny that you just watched two people die. Whether you saw the full clip of, of Ahmaud Aubrey, that's fine. A lot of people, a lot of people saw the full extent of George Floyd die. So I think that we are where we are. We are dealing with the things we deal with because we continue to try to be comfortable.
0: No, and I think you're absolutely right. You know and I think? It's what has allowed things like the Confederate flag to stick around for as long as it has for that level of of hate, you know, and. And I don't, I can't even put the word ignorance on it anymore because it's been, you've had too much opportunity. It is stupidity. I'm sorry. But I mean, if you are, if you are that stupid that you can't look at the world and make your own decisions outside of whatever you've been indoctrinated into as you grew up and make decisions for yourself, I'm sorry, but you, you're not a contributing member of society. Not in any meaningful way. Not in any way that the rest of us need you to be. If we're being honest, you know.
1: So if, if we can all concede that like 30 or a third or 35% of the country is going to vote for something that most of us don't agree with, right? What does that say about this country? Do How do we strangle out that part of our exist, existence? Not that we physically do that but how do we how do we address that fact you know how do we make those people in that same light that may feel uncomfortable about the changes that need to happen in this country how do we bring them along for the ride
0: well I mean you know you talked about shining getting a light inside the body and that's exactly what it is we shine a light on those dark corners of our country that we have ignored for so long and we don't ignore them anymore. And then we point the focus on them until change occurs. And I think that's what you're starting to see with places like Mississippi, you know, in places like Georgia where they're finally enacting or I don't I don't even know. I was listening to our the editing of our 24th episode and we talked about Georgia having on the books, at least their first hate crime law. And I don't know whether or not it passed. I don't know if you saw but... it. It
1: it did pass. Okay, yeah. good.
0: I didn't know if Governor Kemp was gonna do something stupid like veto that
1: yeah, in the midst of all of
0: this. But
1: these these motherfuckers are all about re-election. Yeah. And and I know my wife's had a crush on the Cuomo, but uh, Chris Cuomo makes a very good point. They don't act out of conscience, they act out of consequence. Yeah. You know? If I don't do X, I don't get reelected. I'm watching Mitch McConnell. And uh, Lindsey Graham, like, dance that fine line of, you know, do I support this in public because of blah.
0: Both of those motherfuckers need to go. I mean, no most doubt. of them, That there's not really a lot. There's, <laughs> no, there's no redeeming quality for either one of them. But no, that's what it ultimately boils down to, is it's like, neither one of them has done anything respectable in their entire career in, in politics. And I, I mean... Prove me wrong. Maybe I, I, maybe I miss something, you know. I, I but.
1: can't. Well, Tim Scott is the saving grace of Lindsey Graham. That's that's the that's the downside to that argument, yeah. you know. And I I don't know if he's getting played as a pawn, but I will say this, man. Like you know, when I think back to, you know, just really kind of trying to absorb what was happening with the uh, with the revolt, like. Uh, like event, yo, you're not my enemy, right? Uh, Killer Mike pretty much said it as 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 such. He's like, yo, I, I rock with uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. I love her, you know. I love her, Mountain Serp. <laughs> I'm like, yo, me, like, you're taking that shit to the lowest, like, denominator right there, right? But the the real talk is like, look, we don't do this by ourselves, you know. We don't do this by excluding people from a solution and the way i look at that is like realistically first of all i'll say this and i I mean this from the bottom of my heart i don't expect shit from white people i don't want you to give me anything but by everything holy get out of my way like let me let me have the opportunity to either do well or fail by myself, and I mean that in two ways. One, I want to make sure that I have and keep and maintain relationships with with, with my white brothers and sisters. But secondly, don't be throwing shit in my way just to see if I, you know, just to keep me from like getting to that next, you know, that, that next step. Don't play me like fucking Kanye, where you gas me up and then you let me go to my own devices and I'm a piece of shit because that's what homie's doing right now. It's like, okay. yeah, you know, you played yourself, right? Cause I have never rocked with you like that. But now you're just like looking silly. Um, Which
0: I mean, ultimately was all those white people ever wanted. Yeah. I mean, they wanted, they wanted a black person to laugh at. Let's be honest. Right. I mean, and they love this more than anything.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to front, man. Like, Kanye, like, if you ever hear this, your money, you played yourself, man. Like, real talk, you got a fine wife. (laughs) Thumbs up to that. You started to, like, believe your own press, bro. Like, motherfuckers calling you a genius? You wrote a couple good rhymes, but you're not like, it's not like that, B. Like, the streets are talking. Like, you, you went out on a limb, you know? You got your boy Chance the Rapper, the, like like you know, going to bat for you, and I don't rock with him like that. He's got a couple of good songs and a couple of good hooks, but it's not gospel. And I I think that entertainers and athletes, I think entertainers more so. Yo, all that is passing. Like you can have a great summer banger for a little bit, doesn't mean people mess with you like that. You know, athletes, you're good for like five to seven. When you're done playing, nobody hears your name. <laughs> um, A funny thing about Kaepernick, now that I think about it, yo, the best thing he could have done was to get out of football. I think the, the ultimate okey-doke for him is if he gets signed to a team. Right,
0: because, because then it takes away everything. It yep. undoes all of the message. It undercuts everything that he's been fighting for all this time.
1: Yep. So if I was Kaepernick, don't sign me. Don't give me an offer. Let me do my thing. I mean think about it. Like uh like tell me one athlete that's had like uh in sixty eight, they nixed the the two guys in the Olympics. Yep. Muhammad Ali. He got, you know, shuttered down for like 18, 24 months, whether that be prison or whether that he couldn't get a good fight. I mean, the best thing Kaepernick did was not get an offer. So thank you, NFL. It's true. You look at your man Bubba. Like, and I've been following I, yo, I'm gonna start watching NASCAR like real talk. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm all about freaking Bubba Wallace now. But like you got people trying to edge him off on the on the track. It's nope. like what are, what are we doing? Are you? Oh, I you know, I'm just a dirty driver. No, there was something else behind that. You can tell me whatever you want to tell me. You're trying to nix a dude, and nobody's talking about it. And I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I can tell you what I think. <laughs> I think money was trying to nix him.
0: I mean, but that's the whole thing is it's like, it's not really that much of a conspiracy theory when it's the most logical th- thing, you know? I mean, it's not, it's not a far stretch Yeah. to sit there and, and think that either <coughs> a, that driver individually had an issue with Bubba or somebody on the team, that that driver ultimately reports to, had an issue with Bubba, and gave an order that was ultimately followed through.
1: And I'm not the conspiracy guy. That guy is this guy. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yo, it felt like a Knicks move for me, man. It's like yo, they're trying to Knicks money like that, and on national TV. Yeah. How is that a thing?
0: Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, you know, and I think it, it, it really, like, it underscores just, like, how important this moment is to not piss this away again. You know, I think, like, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago where it's, like, are things really that different now than they were 50 years ago? And in a lot of ways, they're not. Right. Like right. And especially not for black people. And this is an opportunity for all of us that actually want to see this change come about to make sure that this isn't just a, another, you yeah. know, like, like a, like a high watermark, you know, like, fuck that. No, like fucking make this thing go all the way over let's do this whatever i mean like that's where i'm at at this point i'm sitting here debating like do i need to drive to washington to go freaking march and protest that's
1: that's a good point like uh they had his brother uh, steve parche on uh these on the revolt summit and here's here's one thing i will say and you know take it for what it's worth i can't take young people serious like that's what it like in my mind i'm like yo i hear you but you're not saying nothing like i'm trying to find your message and i i kind of get the the kumbaya like hippie vibe but i don't buy it and too much of it is
0: based on the image of it and not the actual substance
1: Right, and if you look at uh, and one of my sons is uh, you know, he's a performer, and it's like it's dope to see that hip hop has grown the way it has. And you know, I grew up in the time of Biggie. I listened to Tupac. I'm not a Tupac guy, um, except for strictly for my. That was the only hot joint he did, and um, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, and the Brenda joint, (laughs) but. Hip-hop is dope. Hip-hop has grown. Yes, that's a vehicle. But once you get out of the vehicle, where do you go? And I think that young people, they they confuse the vehicle with what they're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, my daughter showed me some, like, TikTok joints with uh, people, like, using hip-hop to, you know, get some BS across and yeah, be, beyond the dancing. But I see this little kid, and I love the suburbs, I see a kid that his parents are living nice, doing some like some like voiceover to something Tatiana. I don't know what that joint's about. That's not my vibe. And I'm like, yo, money's got like a a plastic gun, acting like he's like about to bang on somebody. Man, let me catch money outside somewhere, right? And it's like, no. I get that you think hip hop is cool. I respect that people they love the culture but the culture that you see on the commercial level, it is what it is. The reality on the streets, totally something different. Don't ever get it twisted. Right. Yeah. Um, and for me, it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, yeah, that's what we're doing now. You got a little, like you got more suburban kids. Like I feel like they you know, they're about to pop off on somebody. That's not a
0: thing, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's the whole cyclical thing. Like we, we, We literally went through the exact same thing in the 90s, right? With the whole, like, the gangster rap, like, explosion in Southern California and up in New York. And then it was, you know, it eventually made its way to the suburbs where kids started sagging their pants and wearing hats backwards and doing, like, doing everything that they could to imitate. And then, I mean, if we'd have had social media at that point, you don't think that there would have been all these freaking white kids, like, popping up you know, with videos of them with freaking nerf guns and shit like that. Like, I mean, that's exactly where we'd be, <laughs> you know? I
1: mean, we let
0: it fly with vanilla ice. We did, right? <laughs> I mean, like we kind of made that mistake. And then, and then we almost crucified Eminem just for being white because of vanilla ice.
1: Uh, Yeah. And I like, I don't care. What anybody says, you know, M mad love, you're the dopest lyricist on the planet. Mad love, mad respect, you're in my top five, not even in my top ten. I mean, you know. Right. It's just like, yo, money's a he's legit. Yeah, he is. I still I still get pissed when people give money like a hard time for that. It's like, what are you talking about? Like M is like the illest rapper ever. He's like uh I would say he's my he's tied for the number one spot. The only other person I would say that's got the lyrical genius is M would be um, Keith Murray. I don't know if you know who Keith Murray is. I do not. Right. So I'm just going to admit that
0: right here, right now.
1: <laughs> you got homework, right? Yep. And Big L would be like number, as far as lyricists go, it'd be like M and Keith Murray tied at number one. Big L, ly- lyrically Biggie. And I know I'm like, I'm not giving any West Coast love because I haven't met a lot of dudes out on the West Coast that flow like those guys. But straight up, yo, M is in my top like five on lyricists. Rappers, he's in my top ten, hands down. Hell, Pac is like not even in my top ten for best rappers. Where's Jay Z? Jay Z, he's in my top ten. Okay. I like mean, I never if thought was, it.
0: if he was hanging out there in the number five spot or not. Yo, lyrically,
1: Jay's in my top five. Yeah, like hands down. But top, overall rappers, yo,
0: Jay's in my top. He's in my top ten. Um, we need to do I, another top 10, by the way. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I really liked our top 10 on the QBs. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe, I don't know if it's, I mean, well, you already went through a bunch of rappers. Maybe we do rappers. That would be a hilarious list for me to put together.
1: Okay, but if we do rappers, we have to do lyricists and rappers overall.
0: Okay. Right? All right, so will we do top 10s or two top fives?
1: No, no, no. That's too hard for me because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, cut.
0: I don't want to cut people off.
1: You're like, yo, oh, yo. Yeah. All
0: right. So I'm, we got to do two top tens. Okay. Yeah. When I
1: think about it, when I say like top rappers, Drake would be in my top 10 because money's got a crazy delivery. But yeah, if I, if I did top 10, like, I don't know
0: if he writes all of his stuff. Well, yeah. Wink, That's, wink, wink. wink <laughs> so you're saying, you know, that he doesn't write all of his stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not uh,
1: beefing. I'm not beefing with Drake like that. It's like it's not a thing. It's just like, nah, he's got some good joints out there, but yeah, I, I don't know if he wrote it. You know?
0: Yeah. Uh, no. I. I mean, I'm gonna have to put a lot of thought into this because it's. It's. I mean, I. I. I enjoy most music outside. There is very little that I have found in the realm of country that I. That I personally enjoy consuming. I'm not saying there's nothing redeeming about it, and I'm not saying it's bad. I just I personally don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I shouldn't even say I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. There's there's even a couple of country songs that have kind of got a little bit of rhythm to them, where I'm like, okay, like this is this is closer to something that I could kind of rock with. But
1: okay, okay, so what we'll do because. I'm not a connoisseur of country. Oh no, I we're do. not doing
0: like a top country list because that's not <laughs> fair. Like that's just both of us being blind going into this. Like,
1: no, I actually listen to country music, bro.
0: Well, then this is that's just me being dumb again. Like, we need something I'm good at that you don't listen to. <laughs> oh, okay,
1: okay, okay. Uh, then we do. Then we do like a top funk and like uh, we could 70- do it. We could
0: do a top ten uh, aughts punk rock.
1: We got to get a a crickets like thing because that's where, like, insert
0: crickets here. (laughs) Insert crickets here. I have that sound effect lined up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, like, yeah, in the the early 2000s, I was super into punk rock. But yeah, we we, we don't have to get into that. That's fine. Yeah. Ooh, we could do like top 10 Yu Gi Oh cards.
1: Insert crickets. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just showing my age. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You no, know you're fine. not.
0: I shouldn't have ever gotten into Yu Gi Oh! and Yu Gi Oh! cards. I was in freaking college when that happened. Oh, then that's sad. Yeah, it's
1: like insert teardrops here. <laughs> yeah, like, insert sad violin
0: music. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, still a semi normal, somewhat functioning adult who only shows up five minutes late to his podcast recording. <laughs>
1: yeah uh, we'll, well ladies and gentlemen like we you know we we always talk about like things that i don't know what do you, what would you
0: call it uh well i usually don't call it things i call it stuff we talk about stuff that we find interesting or, the, or stuff that we like i mean it's not even stuff that we find interesting it's stuff we want to talk about that's what it really is like this is the podcast about stuff that we want to talk about and yeah it's life at the end of the day like it's it's all about. The things that you experience and that either you deal with, right? Like the obstacles and the issues or the things that you enjoy, you know, the food that you cook, the people that you spend time with, the the projects that you work on, the time that you and I get to spend together. Like, yeah, right, it's, right? it's all of that stuff, right? And I think in a lot of ways, you know, I, I've spent the majority of my life probably avoiding conversations like this with a lot of people that I care very deeply about. And I think mostly because I didn't feel like I could be honest with them or that they were ever really being all that honest with me. You know, like there was always this kind of apprehension, um, you know, or tension around that topic coming up and whatever it was, whether politics, religion, you know, race. And so The fact that I find myself now at age 36 and for the last several years, honestly, since I met you, having a relationship with somebody that where I feel like I can I can just be totally honest, you know, like where I don't have to pretend to be somebody else or I don't I don't have to like you don't expect me to change who I am to make you happy. You know, and yeah, because I always call bullshit. And stuff, well, yeah, so. I know you do, and that's the other thing I love about you is that like you'll you'll catch me doing that. You'd be like, "Dude, fuck you! No, that's not. <laughs> come on, be honest with me." And and that's one of the things that I I have always respected about you, but it's also probably the thing that I cherish most about our friendship is just like you're that dude who will call bullshit on me. You know, like, and I'm I'm probably not that dude that's always gonna call bullshit on you, but. I've I think I've gotten more to that st- stage now in our you know four years of knowing each other than, than I ever was previously with anybody else. Yeah, because I, I mean, because
1: I I start calling BS on myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm am lying. <laughs> I say, like, well, but I'm that's
0: lying. I mean, that's the thing was where you and I had have had moments where you know you'll you'll you will. Feels a way and you'll ask me, you know, Hey, am I, am I wrong? Right. Do Am I, am I crazy for feeling this way? And I, if I legitimately think that you're maybe seeing things not the right way, I don't hesitate to say that, you know, like yeah, to I say, well, it. I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from and why you see it that way. But through this lens, maybe this is in And I think again, right? Like the fact that you were always open to that, and and it wasn't like, "Well, fuck you for not being on my side." It was always, "Okay, I didn't see it that way. Maybe I don't agree with it, but I can understand that now." Like, you know, I mean, it just at the end of the day, you and I are two reasonable people, and that's I think that's part of what makes this whole thing work is that we don't get offended. by little things, because at at the end of the day, we know that you you and I both share so many core values together that that that's that's what friendship and relationships and all of this stuff that we kind of go through daily life should be about. I mean, it's about finding those people that you connect with and that you can share these opportunities with and and making the most of it. So,
1: yeah, and I agree. Like, I you know, I I I'm totally starting to believe two things more and more, like over the last couple of weeks. Number one. I don't care about politics. I want to agree on the policy. I want to make sure that we can agree on what we're trying to accomplish. And we can work out the the details later. And secondly, I'm really working on ideology is not a representation of the person. You know, I may fundamentally disagree with most people's ideology. Because I just don't agree with it. But I can definitely not confuse that with, well, you know, Chris thinks that we should legalize marijuana. I still don't, you know. And I don't think anybody's ever going to change my mind about that because I just don't think it's a thing. Yeah. Um, cause I, I, I feel the people that are going to get impacted by that the most. But I understand why people may think that's a thing. I don't agree with, like, why it's a thought. <laughs> like, and that's okay but I don't lose sleep over those things. And then let's say, for example, like that, let's say it does become a thing. Let's make sure we put things in place to not impact the people that I feel are going to get impacted by that the most. And let's, let's, let's be fair and at least acknowledge that maybe I'm fucking right. Um,
0: (laughs) And that's why uh, I think, I mean, ultimately, right. Like, it's it's kind of it's it's interesting because i think in a lot of ways in business and even in government you know like decisions by committee you know it's 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 a, a what is it it's um a, a horse by... a camel is a horse by committee right, right. because it's it's everybody right. getting their input well i want one help. i want two humps i want to blah 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 and what you end up with is a weird looking thing that ultimately kind of accomplishes the goal but you could have done it a lot easier and right. it's in some ways it would it would almost seem like That's the case, right? Where it would be easier if everybody just felt the same way and we all kind of move forward together along the same lines. But I think in life, you get so much more benefit out of having those conversations of, you know, discussing what is the best path forward? How can we get there and not and it may not ultimately be one side or the other. It may be that there is that that compromise in the middle is ultimately what's best. Right. That it's it's a little bit of both that helps everybody to move forward together. And and that's where I feel like, oh, my God, have we gotten off track? You know, like there is no such thing as compromise anymore. Yeah.
1: To be to be clear, I do not compromise. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Compromise is a bad word to me. Like you can't win, win, win. Yeah, it's got it's got to be a win, win, win.
0: I, I, I mean win comp- for having successfully negotiated, mediated this negotiation. <laughs> yeah, I think compromise. I, I don't think people should compromise, right? When we start to
1: as a society, when we start to shelve our values and the principles that we hold dear, we we uh we degradate like what we're trying to accomplish, right? So for example, schools, education. When it becomes like charter versus non-charter. Well, you can only have that conversation so far before you decide that, well, we shouldn't fund public schools. So who wins there, right? As opposed to, yeah, let's make it easier for people to establish their own you know, charter schools and to test that theory out. Maybe they prove it right. Maybe they prove it wrong. We don't know. But let's not hinder them from their their experiment, right? And experiment's not a bad word. It's just a matter of we have the money. Let's let's funnel some to see if this works, because the benefit for all could be better education, or whatever you know, whatever you want to plug into that scenario. Yeah. And that's and that's why I personally I don't want to compromise. It's either all or nothing.
0: Well, and. Maybe compromise is not the right word.
1: It's not.
0: Maybe it's it's that. that nor is that, concession.
1: Nor is concession. No, and
0: anything. I'm not thinking concession, but that ultimately there's a that there is a better solution that neither party ulti- that had would would have come to on their own. Right. That's where and, I'm trying and, to get to. And don't say
1: synergy because that is no, actually collaboration. A, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, gotcha! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although energy is the definition of what you described, right? I,
0: I you know this is one of those few times where I think uh, we're 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 going to kind of end this on a we're going to have to agree to disagree because okay. I think there is value in compromise sometimes, not always, but I think that that there is sometimes value in that. But that's okay.
1: Okay, so I'll leave you with this, and I'll leave the audience with this it's not compromise. It's more of the, it's more, do you understand what the other person's asking you? Do you understand what they're, what they need? It, so is it compromise or clear understanding or is it clarification? Sure. So I, I would, I would argue that compromise is still the wrong word. I would argue that concessions are is still the wrong tactic. I would say, do you really understand what the other person's asking you? Have you had that dialogue to get to the, what do they really want? Well, that's where run?
0: I think, you know, like my point about it's, it's, you know, <laughs> that it's more about collaboration and that coming to a, a, what is ultimately a mutually satisfactory outcome for both insert, today.
1: insert eye roll here.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you did that. So
1: <laughs> So again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, this is episode 27.
0: We don't have, like, a cool thing that we can really... Although, twenty twenty six and 25 didn't either. It was just 24 with the Kiefer Sutherland thing.
1: Okay. Sorry. We're glad you joined us. And uh, if we're not careful, we'll talk for, like, hours upon hours. It's and- true. And
0: then our wives or girlfriends will get angry that we haven't shown up for dinner. And our families will send search parties to our offices <laughs> looking for us. Where are they at? That's cool. I've got, but- like... Whole bag of everything pretzel chips here, so I could survive for another day or so. Yeah, I, I don't. But I'm all don't in a beer. beer so,
1: <laughs> yeah. We glad you hung in there for episode 27. As always, once again, I'm Andre and I'm Chris, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.
0: Good afternoon. Did you hear about the army major who insisted his cat be allowed on tour with him in Afghanistan? Apparently his superiors fear it could be a major catastrophe.